I said to her, um, Tony Falai, that she's got the platinum version of life's challenges. I always like to say that sexual abuse was the price I had to pay to get an education. Depression, multiple suicide attempts. I've attempted suicide probably 50 times. And I must have had suicidal ideations probably 500 times. But I say four times because I can paint, I can give you the pictures of those four times. Infertility, miscarriage, trouble in her marriage. Like I said, I've had four miscarriages, but the one that hit me the most was the one that took my life with it. A ruptured ectopic pregnancy, go and ask anybody. That's already a death sentence. Sexual abuse from when she was 10. But fast forward to two years later, mm. my adopted father began to molest me. And that went on for seven years. And it was night after night. Yes. Lack of a relationship with her parents. At the point I began to hate my biological father. It dawned on me that he had abandoned me. And I began to hate him so much, I felt that he was the one who sold me into abuse, who sold me into slavery, who sold me into this life of misery. And finally, clinical death. <laughs> it's the platinum version of life's challenges. Did that shock you? Mm -hmm. I went to read law because I felt that when I graduate from university, I would sue my abuser. <laughs> if I had known, I would probably not even bother to think that law school was a bright light. Because I went into law school and I failed. Why her? What next? How did she survive all of it today on With Today? Um, I mean, I wasn't this fluent in English. I like saying that part. I like doing it from the beginning. Mm, I was a village girl through and through. Right. I was born in a small village in Akure. And so when I turned seven, mm -hmm. my father brought me to Lagos to visit with his elder sister. Mm. Fast forward to age 10, mm -hmm. I was raped mm -hmm. by her neighbor's son. And because I was already a village girl who was just coming out of village life, mm -hmm. I didn't even know what it was to be called a virgin. I didn't know what it was to bleed from rape. I just felt that a boy had injured me. Huh. And so the neighbor came in, scolds the boy, and sends him away and then cleans me up and tells me not to tell anyone. It was night after night. It's always almost unbelievable to tell somebody that there was somebody who would come for your body every night for seven years. The days I escaped it were days when I had started to, you know, become a woman, menstruate, and so I had, I had off days from abuse. And so I've also had questions like, why didn't you tell? Why didn't you tell? And I'm like, I was told to not tell anyone. If yeah. you tell anyone, I will send you back to the village and you will die after seven days. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to go back to the village that I, I mean. I, and then I was already coming tops in school mm -hmm. because we grew up in a house that was patriarchy in capital letters. It was a military zone. Daddy was lord and master. We, nobody had a decision. When dad is talking, you, you know, we're raised with very high-handedness. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even have a voice. This time around, I was 17 going on 18. And so when daddy came, I said, I would either cut you with this knife or cut myself. And he said, who have you been talking to? Who told you to do this? I said, nobody. I've read books. I just remember that the next day, I was on long-term holiday. It was the third term break going into SS3. And she called me into her room. And she gave me a Bible, actually. 
and she says, um, what have you been doing with my husband? Oh that came to me as a shock. I could not tell her that I was converted into a sex toy. I could not tell her the gory things that went on with my body. I just told her that he would come and touch me. So even when the abuse stopped physically, mm -hmm. and I know what I mean when I say physically, mm -hmm. because there was, a, there was an 18-year-old spiritual trauma where my mm -hmm. abuser would come for me in my sleep and have sex with me. And that went on for 18 years. So at 18, I actually contemplated the second suicide. And so when I was going to university, I was going to the university as a 21-year-old, broken young woman. Yeah. When I finished law school and we were waiting for the exam, there was this guy who managed to look at me. I would say that because it got to a point, guys didn't come for me. Nobody was toasting me. Mm. There was this fine guy who eventually seemed to have fallen in love with me genuinely. And then... Fast forward to that particular month, and law school result comes out, and I flunked it. Mm -hmm. And while I was still dealing with the pain of failure, mm -hmm. I discovered that this guy who was supposed to now be the hope, the little bright light, is actually married with kids. Oh my goodness, and that he was just single in Lagos, mm -hmm. but married with kids in another state. And then while I was still dealing with that, I discovered that I was pregnant for this man that was married with kids and that the baby was dead in my womb. We need you to subscribe, yo. Our subscription is the mainstay of our platform. You see, I'm deeply thankful when I meet a person and they tell me, I've subscribed. And they tell me the content that spoke to their lives. It makes my spirit soar because the center of our entire universe, of this entire We Chude universe, is the website with um, And the reason is simple. When I meet you guys, when you meet me on the road, I meet me on the streets, when you tell me why you subscribe, I mean, in church two Sundays ago, someone said to me, it's because you can see it connecting spirit to spirit. Somebody else said it's about our common humanity. Now, the kinds of conversations, the kinds of worlds that we construct with our conversations on with Chudi are driven by a vision of the kind of world I want to see, you know. People come here with the best versions of themselves. People, I know that. I know that is not how they are. Many, some of them are every day. But we come here to see how can we be human together? How can we learn from each other? How can we be seen fully? How can we connect deeply? And that's, that's the kind of world I want to see. And so when people, people who subscribe know that, they sense it is, you know, there's, my people are deep, <laughs> you know. They understand that truly the work you are doing matters to me, to them. And I want to put my money where my heart is. And it's not a small thing to us. When we're able to travel to Abeokuta to spend time with Professor Wolosho Inka without any sponsor, when we're able to go to Anambra to spend time with the children of the late Dora Kunyeli, which has been one of the episodes that we've gotten the most feedback about how it has changed people's lives and families. You know, how are we able to we just stand up and go? It's because we're trusting that the subscribers are going to show up. So it's not a by-the-side thing. You are the most important person in this entire ecosystem. You subscribing monthly. So those of you who I see who say to me, I wanted to subscribe, I just forgot. I just thought, I just thought, you know, I could do it tomorrow. You know, I went, mm -mm -mm -mm. we do need you. We need you to subscribe. We need you for the work we are doing 
to go even deeper. We need you so that it's not just about the episodes that are popular. No. In fact, the episodes that are popular that go viral, many of the episodes that go viral, and we go viral almost every week, are not the episodes that my subscribers spend the most time on. The ones they spend the most time on are the ones that, you know, there's this song, those ones. And we, 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 we love those big stories, but we also love all those stories that really speak to our hearts and spirits. So do go ahead, subscribe. Ask somebody else to subscribe. Advise somebody else to subscribe. Refer to someone to subscribe. It matters, truly. Thank you as we continue to be human together.